Food and Beverage Magazine Live, bringing food and beverage to life with your hosts, James Beard Award winner Jennifer English and Food and Beverage Magazine publisher Michael Politz. Featuring leaders in the hospitality, branded food and beverage, and CPG industries, many of whom are Jennifer and Michael's friends in the business. For an informal and informative conversation where friends in the business share the latest intel, ideas, and best practices. Live, juicy inside scoop from the tastemakers, newsmakers, bread bakers, drink shakers, spoon lickers, clam diggers, farms, foodies, and friends of the food and beverage magazine world. Here are your hosts, Jennifer English and Michael Politz. Well, 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 well. <laughs> Here we are again with another show, Food and Beverage Magazine Live, James Beard Award winner Jennifer English, and of course, Food and Beverage Magazine publisher Michael Politz. Food and Beverage brought to life. Live juicy inside scoop from the tastemakers, newsmakers, bread bakers, drink shakers, spoon lickers, clam diggers, farmers, foodies, and friends of the food and beverage magazine world. Now, now, let's go live to your host, Jennifer English and Michael Politz. Oh, hi. Yes. We are going to have a happier happy hour today with all our friends. Michael, how are you? I am so happy because now I have my voiceover guy and all this should be in by like next Wednesday or Tuesday and I don't have to do that again. And it's so much to remember. And I'm very exhausted. You know, you like to have these happy hours late in the day and then I've got to read that. It's a lot to keep up with the lovely, illustrious James Beard Award winner. There we go. Jennifer English. Jennifer English, James Beard Award winner. Hello. And Jen, I don't want to do this the whole show. Let's just do it one time. Pick up my new book at Barnes & Noble, Amazon, wherever you get books. Go to a bookstore, Food & Beverage Magazine's Guide to Restaurant Success. Wiley Publishing called me, said, Michael, you need a book? I said, fine, cut me a check. They cut the check. I wrote the book. And honestly, Jen, if anyone's going to open a restaurant or reopen their restaurant in times of pandemic, notice I use the word pandemic because now we are in a happy hour. We can use those fine, heavy words. This is the book to buy. And uh, you can always email me with questions. Okay, there we go. Available at Barnes and Noble or Amazon or any of your local bookstores. Hello. And don't forget, you have an entire Hello? chapter on day drinking. Would you imagine if I did have an entire <laughs> chapter on day drinking? <laughs> What's so funny is you're a teetotaler. That's the best part about it. Well, you're a spicy, spicy chick. Look at this. There's Jennifer and all of her spices. Hello. Jealous? Okay, sorry. I'm in a very John Lovitzy mood right now. Um, get Lovitz on the show. But you know what's funny? I used to give product scholarships to young bartenders so mm -hmm, that they could, mm -hmm. and to young chefs as well. And I wanted them to take the spices and go in the kitchen and test kitchen around and play around and, and recipe develop and flavor develop and go to their own version of flavor school. And I just, it was a lot of fun. But I love that. It's you know, it's funny you say kitchen. It's funny you say kitchen. Jennifer Higgins and Megan Wilkes are with us, and Jennifer is in her kitchen. She is. Let's yes. bring them on. Well, let's tell everybody who they are before we do that. Oh. So I just bring bring them on? Yes. Just plop them in? Just Let plop them in. See. Let people see Hello. how extraordinary. This is, Hello. Of, this is one of the best weeks ever. Hi. And what a great way to finish up the week on I a can't Friday. Hear Jennifer English speaking. How do I do that? 
Hi, guys. How are you? Oh, look what Joe Davis says, that day drinking is known as dartying. <laughs> I heard that before. My college daughter calls it that. College daughter. My glass yes. to the two founders of Vegas <laughs> Baby We're going to clink our glasses. All right. Talk to the. So I'm going to bow out. And um, Jennifer, Hi. can you not? Can you not hear Miss Miss English? I cannot. Is there something I have? Um, I can do differently on my um, end here. Do you, do you have AirPods? Yes, but they're upstairs. I have to go. Oh, them. you sound better now. Whatever you just did helped. No, I, I just I just have it on my regular audio. On my I'm on my cell phone. She can't hear you, Miss English. Oh. We're having a tech. Go upstairs. Grab that. We'll start with Megan because we know right. Megan wants to talk. Go. Oh. Okay, Jen, let's do that. There we go, Megan. Let's talk about what is it called? Vegas, baby Vegas? What is it, Jennifer? What is it? Well, it listen, so we wanted to talk about the fact that one of the things in the news is that people have been having virtual happy hours. And they're actually quite satisfying. And they've connected us in ways that we could never have imagined pre-pandemic. And, and what a virtual happy hour is, just as it sounds, you stay in your home, you get on your Zoom, you make a drink, and you tipple with friends. If you have a favorite bar, watering hole, or bartender, you can virtually tip them. I mean, there's all kinds of ways that people are finding creative solutions to the isolation, which is one of the bigger threats that's the bigger ancillary threat of this experience, this pandemic. That is true. And so one of the things we wanted to do today, because it's Friday, is we wanted to have a happier happy hour. And we invited the ladies from Vegas Baby Vodka, a brand new company. They've been around less than nine months. And of that number, about three of Still those months have been in the pandemic state. And frankly, it's challenging all the way around, just as they were starting to get the really significant distribution in the Las Vegas market and both on premise at the big hotels and casinos, as well as some of our favorite uh, retail stores and liquor mongers in Las Vegas. I'm a big fan of, of Lee's among others, but, but there's a lot of great stuff going on in Las Vegas. So it's a great city. Uh, and, and yet they've hit this, this, Call it a speed bump. So what do entrepreneurs do when their challenges start to line in their path? Well, we're going to find out from the two founders of Vegas Baby Vodka, who are actually with us on their way to one of the virtual Yelp happy hours that they've become kind of known for. And they're going to talk with us a little bit about how entrepreneurs are finding their way around and how we as people of the industry are finding ways to connect to be more convivial. How are we all cultivating conviviality to make each happy hour a little bit happier? Joining us now are Jennifer Higgins and Megan Wilkes of Vegas Baby Vodka. The co-founders are here with us from their own test kitchens. Uh, and I will once again raise a glass to them and say cheers and welcome ladies. How are you? We're well. Thank you, Jennifer, for having us. We're so thrilled to be here. Talk a little bit about your company as you dreamed it before you launched it. What did you see as the opportunity in the marketplace for Vegas Baby? Well, um, it really started, um, I've lived in Las Vegas my whole life, and Jennifer's lived here for about 10 plus years. 
and she was actually visiting her daughter in Austin, Texas, and uh, for uh, she's at college at UT there. And she got off the plane and she noticed in Austin that everything is local and you have to be local to have a business in the airport. And she was really, um, you know, she loves that about Texas. She lived in Texas, she went to college in Texas. And she came home to Las Vegas and she got off the airplane and it just said liquor store. And there was no, she didn't feel like there was anything really um, local that we could be proud of. So we sat down, we've been friends for many years, and we were talking about after raising our kids what we could do, what could be in our next chapter for us. And she brought that story up to me and, and we started to kind of brainstorm and um, it was right around the time that the shooting happened and that the Knights had come into town and our community was really pulling together. Um, for the first time in a very long time, in my opinion, having been here for so long and she felt um you know it was a great opportunity for both of us to have a local business owned by women and to really kind of give it a shot so we started from the very the very you know ground up and start we didn't know very much about it all we knew is that we like cosmos and we so why vodka um, I think vodka is, well, it's the most popular drink and most popular liquor out there, most requested liquor out there we found. And, um, she had spoken with a gentleman in, at the, at one of, at the football game actually, who had had great success with a vodka company. And I think that, I don't know, I think it just stuck in her brain and she kind of thought, why not? Um, and she kind of, she had a conversation and asked a lot of questions and really, really learned a lot about the process. So I think that's why, Jennifer, am I, am I correct in that? Can you hear us? Oh, she's silent. She can probably hear us and we can't. This is amazing. She can hear us and we can't hear her. Oh, my Lord. I can't what hear What is going on? Well, um, well, anyway, the, that, that's why vodka, Jennifer. So one of the things I want to understand in this time, you got started, you got up and running, you started your distribution into the local market. The, the hotels were happy to have you. Local is a story that's a national story that means wherever you go locally, people are hungry for that local experience. Certainly that's true here as well. You got into the hotels, you got into the casinos, you got into some of the top retailers. Uh, Total Wine, and then this hits. What's yeah. the pandemic done to your business and your momentum? People talk about all the day drinking and how maybe a little overconsumption seems to be the case in some parts. Are you seeing it from a business standpoint that there's an impact on your business? I think most certainly there's there's a definite impact um, on our business and our sales. I can't hear you. Um, Jennifer, I'm speaking to you. Um, however, it is true. Um, people are still buying, and it was right at the point where we had started to sell in Albertsons and Bonds, and we found that we put we put little tags on the bottles that say "Buy Local," and we couldn't believe that the impact it had on. And we didn't put them on until the pandemic had had begun, and everyone was 
quarantining. Um, people really like to, um, they gravitate to the local yeah. businesses. And I think that we were really pleasantly surprised by that. And um, as far as, you know, our just our distribution, our distributors, Southern Wine and Spirits, or Southern Glaciers, they're still distributing, but um, I think I think that it's great for the grocery. The grocery stores have been a huge, huge plus for us as far as distribution goes, because we were in on premise and in some retail spaces in the hotels, but we're not quite, you know, we're not um, hotel wide yet. So it, it was just like you said, just beginning. So the grocery store really, really helped us. And we're just, we're trying to keep our momentum going as far as the happy hours. Um, our, our PR company has been wonderful about um, posting things on Instagram. So thank God for social media. I think it, it's, it's a real um, plus to have it in this day and age. Um, and I think that it obviously reaches so many more people than, than not having it. So we're just steady. I think we're just trying to... Um, you know, it's it's forced us to really create new ways of getting our name out there, getting you know, getting things going, and keeping. Tell, them. tell us what the, the the sort of product itself is like. What is Vegas Baby Vodka uh, as a product? Tell us the product story. Uh, the product is a, a sweet corn vodka, and it is. Um, non-GMO, gluten-free, and it has a little bit of a sweeter taste. It's extremely smooth. Are you there? Try one more time, Jen. <laughs> She's just going to drink her drink. Um, drink and hang out with us. Listen in. We'll, we'll have this all sorted out for our next visit. And don't go anywhere. Don't, don't go, go anywhere. anywhere. Stay there. Oi. Um, anyway, it's a sweet corn. Um, Did you say uh, Very smooth. Very. Um, it's charcoal filtered. It's the process is incredible. We distill it in Montana, actually, because the water is so incredibly good there, and it's not great here, as you well know, I'm sure. Um, and we have a wonderful distillery that is. Uh, a potato farmer, fifth generation potato farmers, smaller. Um, they do distill other liquors, but they took us on and have been incredibly, incredibly. Um... Can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you finally. Fuck yeah. <laughs> sorry, I'm not supposed to cuss. I'm sorry. <laughs> is, that the, is that a mother's tongue that just came? No, what was that? God bless America. <laughs> Uh, anyway, it's a it's a wonderful distillery, and the vodka is extremely good. It's we filtered it many times, and it kind of smoothed it out. That's the one thing that we get from people. The response is that it's so smooth that you don't even need a chaser, and that comes from kids that are twenty one and older to you know people that are fifty plus. Um, we've done a lot of tastings, Jennifer, and I like to do that ourselves and be the faces of it and and share, uh, share our story. Uh, ladies, let's yes. talk a little bit about if anyone the, can hear me, the philosophy I don't know. I of the, hear the questions very much. And I don't know, I'm very sorry that this platform is kind of new to me, but um, 
you know, just that we are woman owned, woman founded. We have been working really, really hard on getting our certifications. Um, we just were um, certified by the WBE and now we're working on the DBE certifications for the airports and, you know, all of uh, that has been taking a lot of our time during quarantine because the WBE is done, but the um, DBE is I'm working on right now and it's you know taking a lot of time and we're getting revved up again to get back out. When there. you explain so, what those initials mean, when we're not we don't selling know. vodka, we're working not on everybody knows what those initials are. Name out I don't there. think you can hear you, Jennifer. I don't. Nobody can hear me. No, no I, I hear you now. But right. you, so well, I was asking, can take can over. you describe oh, or explain? Right okay. <laughs> Jennifer, can you hear me? Yes. Okay, Jennifer would like to know what WBE and ACDBE built with a stand for. What they stand for. Yeah. Um, it is with the transportation um, division of mainly airports. You get, them, you get them for each airport. And right now I'm working with McCarran. The actual acronym um, is, is uh, it's with the disadvantaged um it's it's for anyone that's a minority honestly it's um and being women we are a minor, minority especially in this business and we are um just working hard to get that it helps us um get in with all of the governmental places like the airports so do you so, have an official house toast for just, vegas baby right now we're just las vegas we're just nevada but we're working on getting um jennifer there. i'm sorry can you repeat your question um do we have a, an official what? Do you have an official house toast for tippling with your friends during these virtual happy hours? An official toast? House toast? Yes. Yep. You know yeah. how some people will raise their glass an and say toast? cheers? Or oh, some people will say to the bell. No, do we have an official house toast for Vegas baby, Jen? Oh, like a cheer that we say? Yes. Not really. We just say cheers and not yet. We're working on a famous cocktail, our own, our very own Vegas baby cocktail, so that when people order a cocktail, a Vegas baby cocktail, they can say, can they please have a Vegas baby lucky lemonade or something like that? We want to be a household name. Can you show us a bottle? Do you have a bottle? I have there? We don't... College if you'd like to hear it. Absolutely. Uh, who's crawling? <laughs> Who was that, Megan, crawling behind you? That was bizarre. Really? Yeah. Was my daughter. She's getting a bottle. Here's a bottle. Let me get this. Michael, zoom in on her alone for me so I can see that. Thanks for that, yes. And um, if you look on the back, you can see the Welcome to Las Vegas sign through our back bar label. And we have um, ladies' legs on the barcode. And then we have our little tag local. Megan, would you describe the process of designing this and, and, and how that came to be? Designing the bottle? Yes. Um, you know what? That was that was really Jennifer's son, Sam, um, who has been incredible with our, our graphic design people. We've, we've gone through a couple of different people that have, that have um, created this like, bottle. We had a few problems or it was flecking off but I think that we finally landed on a good one um it it was a process you have to they give you samples you approve it you don't we had a lot of different looks we didn't want it to be too gimmicky too much um of a gambling vibe we wanted it to really kind of um portray 
and appreciate the vintage vibe of Vegas. Um, we, we love the whole Rat Pack feel and um, our website kind of um, exemplifies that. We, we like to kind of steer clear of the typical, you know, Vegas gimmicky stuff. But yes, the process, I mean, you have to order Jennifer, can you toppers and you have to order, you know, you have to design a, a font that you like. I mean, it's, it's incredibly in, in, intense. Right. Um, I don't know if I met either of you at the uh, launch of the Women's Hospitality Initiative at the William Harris School at Las Vegas's uh, own University of Nevada, Las Vegas, uh, back in February. Um, but I met a lot of the colleagues that we have in common in the industry, and women are really rising in the Las Vegas hospitality industry. And the Women's Hospitality Initiative was was sort of dreamed up to help women at every level, front of the house, back of the house, uh, on the product shelf, uh, in the production side, in the uh, entertainment side, in all dimensions uh, of your world. Um, talk a little bit for us, please, about what some of the ambition is for the success of Vegas Baby. What are you hoping to achieve? Um. To speak to your the women's um, hospitality group, we we are familiar with that. We actually um, were told about it from, from by Al. That his name, Al um, from the Review Journal. He did a story on us, and he's this huge supporter of of the organization, and we are very interested in getting involved in that. Um, what is? Can you repeat the last question? What is our well, yeah, I, I'm just, I'm really trying to help people become aware of your brand and we want people to care and we want them to understand that all of the aspects of your mission, that the dream that you had when you started the company was to accomplish and achieve certain things to have an impact. And we were just Absolutely. wondering, what was the dream? What are you hoping to achieve? What are you hoping to impact? Well, our dream, our dream is obviously to become on every shelf in Las Vegas to get anywhere you go in Las Vegas to obviously um, have it sold there and, and have our own cocktail and for lack of a better term, be a household name. Um, as far as crossing the state lines or, or, you know, going nationwide, that's certainly the dream. Um, but first we'd like to really overtake Las Vegas, Nevada. We're in Nevada. We're in Reno at Total Wine and Lee's as well. But we really want to focus on Las Vegas on and be um, heard and seen as a women-owned business that is uh, supporting local businesses, women that, you know, we're both in our 50s starting out, starting this business from scratch by ourselves. I think there are a lot of women out there that do come to that crossroads in their life where they want to start something and do something for themselves. We want to support women like that. Um, we, we want to give back eventually once we get up and start to make some money. Um, but we, we really do stand behind the, the women owned business. I think that's a huge part of it. But as far as dreams and what we really want to do, we talk about getting a, having our own distillery here in Las Vegas on the Strip, having a Vegas baby hotel. I mean, the sky's the limit. We, we're ready for anything, and we're more, we get more excited every day. Um, you know, somebody, a little bird told me 
that Lady Luck blew on your Vegas baby dice and that yours is a particularly lucky vodka to sip when you're at the roulette wheel. You are absolutely right about that. Hopefully everyone will be back at the roulette wheel soon and have a, have a glass of this in their hand. Um, we, we do, it says on our label, filled to the rim with luck. So we do, we do like to use that as a, as a technique, I guess I should say. <laughs> well, we want to thank you for coming and joining us. And I know you've got a live happy hour Yelp party tonight. Tell us very quickly about that. Jennifer's doing that. So I, will, I will defer to her. Jennifer, would you like to tell everyone about your Yelp happy hour that you're doing this afternoon? Well, I don't think I, she can hear us. She just is going to oh smile. God, I can hear what? You now. I can hear you. I hear you. I hear you. Can you hear you? Hear you? <laughs> Yay. Jennifer wants to know um, about the Yelp happy hour this afternoon. Yes, we have a Yelp, uh, a live happy hour at five. And my son, Sam, is joining me. And we're just making a couple of cocktails. We're making a VB Aperol spritz. And we're making a Cosmo, uh, just a... Cosmo is always my favorite, probably because of the color. I think it's so pretty. So I just love a Cosmo. Always have loved a Cosmo. Loves the show Sex on the City. So I'm sorry. That's my favorite. So I we're making that and the Aperol Spritz. And it'll be at 5 o'clock. So Well, Jennifer, we've got the CEO. It's, it's Yelp LV. Oh, she's still can't hear you. Kayla Rambo. Can you really she, not hear me? No, maybe Jennifer. She does. Maybe she does hear. She just is ignoring. <laughs> I, can hear you. I just wanted you to know that in true, the best Cosmos, in fact, the only Cosmo, the only way to make a good, real Cosmo is with Ocean Spray, Cranberry Juice Cocktail, and we have the CEO of Ocean Spray on with us next Wednesday. Oh, my God. Jennifer, Jennifer just told me that the key to a perfect Cosmo is using Ocean Spray Cranberry Cocktail, Cranberry Juice Cocktail, and they're having the owner of Ocean Spray on their show next week. How funny is that? Well, I would Only like way to, to do it, baby. The owner of Ocean Spray Cranberry, because it's always been my favorite. I mean, not just in a Cosmo. I drink this all the time. <laughs> I do, too. I love it. It's excellent. It's excellent. And well, I make sure we're going to be with you every step of the way. Make sure you tell us when you're having happy hours, virtual and otherwise. Make sure you let us know. Make sure you let all your friends know that we will be supporting you through our YouTube channel and have them go subscribe so they don't miss a minute. And you never know when a Vegas baby poor is going to sneak into a show. That's right. That's wonderful. Jennifer Jen, Jennifer is saying that she is behind us and supporting us and going to be um, mentioning us on her show with Michael and that uh, you never know. We never know. We have to tell all our friends to, to subscribe to the show and to YouTube and the show and that you never know when a Vegas baby cocktail will sneak in to their show. That would be great. That would be great. And I am so sorry about the technical difficulties. I don't know why I cannot hear at times. It's I mean, okay. sometimes I do that on purpose, but I wasn't doing that today. Well, thank you guys okay. for being with us. I'm have a lovely sorry. weekend. I can't hear you, Stay be well, everybody. Vegas Baby Vodka can be found throughout the marketplace in Greater Las Vegas.
Thank you, Jennifer, for having us. Thank you, Michael. It was a pleasure to Thank meet you. you both. We hope we can be back on. Yes, Thank thanks, Megan, of course. We'll you do it again great. soon. Woo! Maybe we'll make them sit in the same room and be on the same device because Megan was I don't know. Megan got it down. Uh, Jennifer is the one with the technical. I don't know what's going on over there. We'll, she may we'll, have been drinking too much. Vegas we'll baby. Yeah, but Michael, we have got to help her figure that out. Why do we have to help her figure out? She's got PR people. I know, but she's our friend. What's that? Who's coming on next? Where are they? Mary Coppola is coming on next from. No, not Mary Coppola from United Fresh. Uh -huh. Yeah. Well, you know, wow. it's really interesting in the news. Uh, there have been so many stories about um, produce in the field without hands to pick it, without workers to. to it's it's rotting in the fields. Uh, it seems like the pandemic has really shined a, a magnifying spotlight on all our weakest links, things that really have no right to survive and mm -hmm. things that have to be fixed in order for any of us to move forward with consciousness and sustainability and the kind of compassion we have to have for one another and for more kindness. Wow. That's what she's going to talk about? Well, yes, because the world the world is hungry. And we're lucky that there's stuff in the grocery stores today. But as you know, you're in Las Vegas. It's already too hot to plant anything unless you have a greenhouse or a hothouse or hydroponics. And then wow. stuff gets shipped from all over the world. But if it comes up from Mexico through Arizona, it's hot. And, you yeah. know, we need people to, to, to do all kinds of um acts along the way from from the farm in the field uh to to the fries and the krogers uh to the Safeways and, and the albertsons well, and what do you fantastic. guys what do you guys have in las vegas you've got um hogan um um we got smith's hagen. and albertsons you don't you have the hague markets no they closed down we did they actually bought many of the vons and then closed down oh i loved the hagen markets I think actually they have those in Utah and uh, I get my Dr. Bonner's toothpaste oh, from there yep. and it's anise flavor. So I brush my teeth 15 times a day with licorice. Funny. Isn't that amazing? I know it. It really fulfills my sweet tooth. Do you know what's so funny? I'm going to tell you um, one of the things that I've uh, always, I don't want to say disputed, but for a very long time, the best-selling uh, customer for the um, Tom's of Maine toothpaste that was the, the fennel flavor, which is mm -hmm. the same thing, uh, were uh, the gentlemen of the gay community, which is not you, I understand, but you have such an extraordinary... What, what did you just say? Yes. What? Yes. That was the first... That was like the first news that I had ever read, read about... about the gay, the, gay the, men like fennel toothpaste? Are you spreading rumors? Is this fake news? I'm, I'm, I'm only reporting what I've read, and I, I read more than the internet. Evidently, but that that the gay that uh, the gay community, mm -hmm. the LGBTQ community, men or women or both. Uh, I, I'm not going to take another step into the factual realm for fear of misleading you. All I'm yes. saying is, <laughs> telling you a simple story about about the success and popularity of the fennel toothpaste. So now let me tell you, what's going to happen now is people are going to go out and smell fennel 
on people's breaths. And they're going to all men and women across the world are all of a sudden going to be being hit on because they, they smell like fennel so, by men, by men and women from across the world. But here's the other thing. Have you ever gone to an Indian restaurant and had a banquet, a true Indian wedding banquet or a, a celebration banquet? Have you ever mm -hmm. had a classic, amazing Indian banquet? Yes. A At the end of the meal, you're given a, a small uh, quantity of um, breath, uh, yeah. the, the... digestive seeds and, and um, spices, including the fennel seeds. So that, it's cool to have really... Now I understand. I understand what's happening now because when I leave, look at the face. I'm not, you don't even. I haven't even said it. You're making the face already. When I eat, when I go to my Indian restaurant, by the way, mint is a delicious one here in Vegas. I love it. Um, Mike Tyson and I always used to go to this place called Gandhi, and uh, Mike and I would go, and then all of it like it was the red carpet. You go anywhere with Mike, right? The red carpet gets rolled out. It's the most awesome, you know. All of a sudden, he didn't even have to walk up to the buffet. The guys would bring him the food. It was amazing, right? And uh, but now I understand because when I would leave these Indian restaurants and I would go to the bars in Vegas, men would flock around me. And now you're telling me it's from the fennel. I understand now. I thought I was just handsome. Well, you are. I'm just I'm just making an observation. That's all this and, is. And 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 you you are you are a lot of people's type. Wow, thank you. I hope my wife doesn't feel that way, but thank you. <laughs> you know, it's really funny though, Michael. Um, I'm sanitizing now after having that conversation. I don't know what <laughs> Two things I did want to talk about. One was Esther's Kitchen, which was nominated for the James Beard Awards for the Regional Chef uh, and Restaurant Awards. Mm -hmm. um, and I wanted to find out, have you been there? Because I have to say one no. of the best meals I've had in the last year was at Esther's Kitchen. No, I haven't. We did talk to, what's his name? Trees. Uh, what's his first name? I don't even remember. We asked him to be on the show. He said, sure. And then we never heard back from him. But he's probably getting ready to open. Yes. So I'm not going to, we can't, we can't give anybody any. Uh, well, a lot of places are getting ready to open. Give everybody the update on what's happening in Las Vegas. A lot of people around the country, Vegas holds a very special spot in the foodies, hearts, in, in mm -hmm. all kinds of music lovers. Well, there's, there's good and bad. I mean, today, the 15th of May. A Vegas icon, a staple restaurant, a legend called Ricardo's. Today's their last day of operation. Ever? Ever. And my friend Bob and Sarah owns it. They've had, I think, uh, three iterations. What do you call that? Iterations? What do you, what do you call when you have three different locations? Yeah, they had three. Th those two, by the way. No, they've had, uh, they've had three different locations. One on the east side. Then they were in the MGM Grand for a long time. And it was fantastic. And then they weren't. I guess they weren't, I don't know why, but MGM decided they wanted to be greedy, as usual. And they left and went over to Flamingo and Decatur and was brilliant and delicious, as usual. And uh, then the pandemic hit. And now Bob just is an older gentleman, and, and he's just done. And it's a shame, because he probably at one point wanted to sell that and let that become his, you know, his retirement. But he knows that if he was to stay open without the gaming, it's a huge space, 60 employees, uh, that would have probably eat, eaten into his entire, I'm going to say, his entire life savings to keep it going and afloat, you know, what while is, other people. What is the local version of like a really old time Las Vegas restaurant um, 
you know, what's the Musso and Frank of Las Vegas? You know, Las Vegas has such a quick turnaround, right? Everything's moving and shaking and old things are getting dumped and destroyed. Like I just literally drove by a claim jumper restaurant and it's getting demolished. And it looks like, you know, the claim jumper restaurants are owned by, I guess, Landry's and they look like, um, they look like old mountain cabins and they're, it was beautiful. It's getting demolished so they can put a Chick-fil-A there. Right. Uh. So, so are there off strip restaurants? There have been some really amazing ones and they're on one side of the town or another. And because Vegas moves so fast, neighborhoods seem to move fast, right? So you could have loved this, Ita- this Italian place, could have been in this neighborhood for 60, 70 years in a normal community and been thriving, like Rayo's or someone, right? Um, and now- the Oscars, the Steakhouse Oscars? Oscars, is, it's sort of a new kitschy place that's downtown. I've never been. It, right? Well, it's in the, it's in the uh, Plaza Hotel. It was named after Oscar Goodman, my- mayor friend who's amazing i love him he was the mayor his wife is currently the mayor and um it was great but that's i think there's uh hugo seller i think has been there for many many years down on fremont street um you know it's hard it's nora's italian cuisine but i don't know how many hundreds of years like they've been around you know a few decades maybe right and they have their and they have their people that come and they love them and then you have all these places in the hotels that if they don't make two dollars one night they're closed down and something else is popping up Hey, um, there was a restaurant uh, that I was at not that long ago um, when I was there for the World Tea Expo. Mm-hmm. And um, it was a, a really terrific Michelin-starred restaurant. It had been there for 30 years. But 30 wow. years means it goes back to 1990. So, right, you know, that's right. Like, we, we think 30 years and we're like picturing the Rat Pack. And it's like 30 years is really, you know, Seinfeld. <laughs> not and the what, was, what was the restaurant? Do you remember the name? Um... No, I should have thought of the name before I said I mean, the Pepper Mill, the Pepper Mill Lounge and the Pepper yeah, Mill. Yeah, isn't Pepper Mill where George uh, Wallace took Jerry Seinfeld and uh, riding in cars, uh, comedians in cars getting coffee? Probably. I didn't see it, but probably they're very well, close. It's kind of a fun episode. You should watch it because it feels like you went into that old Vegas. Yeah, George and I are very close. I I, I'm, I love George. George Wallace and I are very, very close. And uh, him and Jerry were roommates, believe it or not. And uh, go figure. I, whenever Jerry's in, George is in town, or Jerry's in town, George, Jerry will pop on the stage with George and that kind of fun stuff. Hey, listen, um, the news in the last couple of weeks, uh, we usually run out of time, uh, but I wanted to um, mention uh, the community lost uh, of Siegfried and Roy fame. Uh, Roy passed away. Yeah. From the COVID or from something else? Do we know? They say it's COVID. I do like this comment. Michael Pulitzer also. I'm not going to lie. I do, I do like it. Um, yeah, Roy passed away. Roy, Roy and Siegfried, very, very nice guys. Great gentlemen. Um, they did a lot for this, you know, for a city. And they, they for entertainment and eggs, they were really the first. Our guest is here from United Fresh. Mary Coppola is here. Yeah, she's waiting backstage. Do you want to bring her out? Do you want to talk well, more about yeah, Roy? I'd like, I mean, I'd like to introduce her by saying... Uh, she works behind the scenes in a really pivotal role in the produce industry. And yes. we continue to have bright, fresh, vibrant, healthy, nutritious food coming straight from the farms and the farmers, thanks to Mary and her her family. And yeah. And when I talk about the farm family, I talk about everybody that's growing everything from the local level on up. Because getting food to market 
to you and your family is a lot more difficult than it seems like it should be. And the points of contact in the pipeline that are the weak points have been highlighted during this pandemic crisis and where we have gaps and issues causing tons and massive quantities of fresh, good food laying to waste in fields is only a testament to how we weren't prepared nationally politically Correct. for any of this, but that there are people behind the scenes like Mary Coppola who are working tirelessly to make sure not a, not a morsel, not a lettuce leaf, uh, not a carrot goes to waste. It's such an incredible honor to have her. She's the most amazing woman because she and I keep, we're like, we are always in the same city and we seem to keep missing each other. Uh, but it's really a pleasure to welcome Mary Coppola from United Yay. States. And I get, I get emails from Mary daily, <laughs> if not twice daily. That's all I'm saying. Good. So, so I think if I miss one, sometimes I'm, if I miss a day, I'm like, where's Mary? What's, what's going on over there? I don't see anything from her, right? Mary, welcome to the show. Thank Hello. you. Thank you, Jennifer. Yeah, you can always call me. I will connect with you daily. No problem. <laughs> so let's start off by saying I love local and I love seasonal. And it doesn't matter what part of the country you're from. Yeah. What seasons are we in right now? You're our oh. produce expert. What should we be wetting our appetites with right now? Absolutely. And fresh and delicious. I will say, you know, you talked a little bit about the produce supply chain. And we have worked for a number of um, decades now to make sure that everything's always seasonal. But we are very much in the berry season right now. And, you know, one of my favorites, uh, Chadwick Boyd, who I think you know, mm -hmm. was sharing on social media today that if you're not buying the products right now, they're not going to continue. Excuse me. They're not going to continue to stay in the supermarket. It's going to be challenging. Um, and we know this across the supply chain right now. So berries uh, very much in season right now. I had some myself this morning. I had my blueberries for breakfast. Um, I actually had blueberries for breakfast today, too. Perfect. And we're both doing dinner. It's like a little taste of my soul. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, but that's not to say that anything else should be overlooked. If it is in your grocery store right now, right. try it, buy it. There's no reason not to. Um, you know, this whole situation has, like you said, really exposed some of the challenges across the supply chain. Um, and that includes getting food to retail stores, getting fresh produce to retail stores. And so we're seeing a lot of substitution in what's available. So it might not be what you're used to picking up, but if it's there, try it. Some of the advances that have taken place in the produce industry over the last 10 years include things that make my heart and my stomach very happy. We are still in asparagus season. There's gorgeous asparagus right now. And the reason we talk about seasonality and particular items is because often those are the items that are their most flavorful, abundant, and affordable. You can almost always get something in the marketplace, but when it's at the peak of its season, you'll get more of it at a better price. And who doesn't love that, especially now? Mm -hmm. We love that uh, asparagus is one of those things. We love that there's lots of stuff available in the marketplace all the time now. Yeah. Uh, but we also love that there are mushroom producers that have taken almost control of that process in ways and brought technology and connoisseurship to it so that we have more delicious mushrooms 
than ever before. We get wonderful cucumbers and melons. Talk about some of the advances that have taken place that have sort of happened in plain sight, hiding in plain sight, if you will. <laughs> well, look, there's innovation across fresh produce. And this has been happening for quite some time. And it's just, I think now that we're all home cooks, we're noticing a lot more of what's available in terms of exciting new products. Um, you're talking about what's in season right now. Asparagus absolutely is one of those products, but there's a lot on the fruit side too. So right now we're talking about mangoes and we're talking about what's happening with mango um, innovation not just on menus, because remember that there's still a lot of restaurants serving innovative food right now. But even in the supermarket, you can grab mangoes in season right now, um, just like apples are, are constant. So this is almost apples your gateway to mango. If you've never tried a mango yourself at home, I would suggest that you do that. And the two big kinds of mangoes that we are most um, uh, most available to us are those sort of green, yellow, red mangoes mm -hmm. that are a little bit larger in size. And then those wonderful little champagne mangoes yeah. that come up from Mexico. And when you live in Arizona, like, like we do sometimes, you can find them for two and three and four for a dollar when they're in that kind of peak. I use mangoes all the time in savory salads as accompaniments to lots of great dishes. I make a wonderful salad with a little bit of a cilantro as well as a little bit of spice like a like a cayenne pepper with it. Yep. Mango dresses up beautifully at both the sweet side and the savory side. And if you don't know that it does that, play around in your own kitchen, especially this time of year. It's one of those things that can really delight an otherwise ordinary quarantine dinner Thursday or Friday. Oh yeah. I love mango with fish. I always do mango on a side of salmon or a side of cod. Um, I also like it if you do like a, a coconut rice or something along those lines, you were mentioning cilantro and all those other spices that you could add to it. Mango just jazzes it up and it gives a little bit of almost a citrus taste, certainly a fruit taste, sweet taste. Um, and, but it's not just for dinner. It's for breakfast. It's for lunch. Um, but it's certainly those champagne mangoes and the price points that you're talking about when they're in season, you can't pass it up. Right. Hey, Mary, I, I wanted to ask you, are we as, as food lovers, are we more knowledgeable about produce than ever before? Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, I think certainly in the chef community, we know produce, right? And it's it's rare that something gets introduced to a chef. I think it's more the preparation of how it gets introduced or a new recipe that gets introduced that a chef says, okay, yeah, I'm going to adopt this, or I didn't realize you could prepare it that way, or that's so much simpler than the way that I've always done it, right? If you think back to how you um, look at a lot of your recipes, a lot of it comes from exploration. But there's also a lot of inherent kind of historic um, presentation of our recipes that we all know individually, right? So when it's a when it's introduced differently, right, gives you a new perspective. Um, but I also think that you know, in during this quarantine, if we want to talk about that too, everybody's become a home chef. You know, I've really watched my 14 year old kind of come into his own. He's baking every day in the kitchen, and I just have to tell myself not to go in there. Let him make the mistakes because that's how he's going to learn. But I, I think that's indicative of um, folks really having to be forced into a situation where they have to feed themselves. So now I'm going to learn how to make something other than a box of mac and cheese. 
And that's where fresh produce comes in because once you understand the basics of cleaning it and your food safety rules and then chopping and prepping, it, it's simpler than most people think. Um, you are in charge of an organization that plays a really pivotal role as visible as it is, you also do a lot behind the scenes to help educate us and support the entire industry. Will you talk a little bit about what United Fresh Produce Association is all about? Sure. We are a trade association that's been around for over a century, representing the fresh produce supply chain. So that's everybody from the growers and the farmers that we know and love, all the way through to where consumers get fresh produce. So whether that's at a restaurant, whether that's at a supermarket, a school, um, all the way up to that point. And some of the things that the association does to ensure that we keep ourselves moving and operating and innovating, mm -hmm. we host a lot of education, um, but we also do a lot of research. So recently we just released what we call the Fresh Insights on Food Service. And you would think that that was um, maybe, maybe a little different when we're in COVID right now and we just have gone through really this tragic situation for that side of the industry. Um, but there are still very creative and innovative chefs out there who have pivoted in a time of crisis, and they're still uh, presenting fresh produce to their consumers. So that report uh, looks at what's happening, what we're going to have in season for this summer, and allows chefs and food service folks to plan for the future. And that's really what the association's here to do is move our industry into the future. Mary, is that something that we can share since our audience is primarily industry-based and we're kind of a B2B community here? Yep. Is there some way we can send a website or publicize a website for people to see that report? Absolutely. Unitedfresh.org is our website, and we will have that publication posted there. Usually it's limited to members only, but we did make it free because this is a unprecedented time, and we just want to make sure we're getting information and education into everyone's hands as much as possible. When we're spending so much time thinking about our health and wellness, given that the vegan world and, and so many other dimensions of our healthfulness on the plate is coming into our consciousness, can you talk a little bit about how much more important the role of fresh produce is in our, in our food experience, and in particular in the hospitality experience? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'll start back in March, you know, as soon as this crisis hit and consumers were going and and I don't like the word but hoarding shopping at grocery stores, citrus is actually an industry that really found an interesting way to ensure that they started promoting their health benefits more publicly than they had been previously in their marketing, right? Mary, so, Mary. Michael. I want to I want to I just want to confess that I was I hoarded oranges, navel oranges <laughs> and berries. I actually hoarded so many oranges and berries and, and, and produce that some of it didn't make it, right? We had to chop it up. We put them in fresh bags. Yep. And now we have smoothies with it. But I was oh. like, kids, eat, eat, eat the bananas. They're going to go rotten. Like, yes. You are not the only parent in America that did that. <laughs> no, I thought they could shove it all in. And then if something happened, at least they would have had it in their bodies. Yeah. You know what exactly. I'm saying? And I think that, that was that was the messaging that, as consumers, inherently we know fruits and vegetables have health benefits, right. right? And it wasn't until we got into this pandemic that that kind of trigger clicked in and we said, I need all the fruits and vegetables. Mm -hmm. 
And that's fantastic. We did the same thing in our house, but there were, there were certain commodities that knew to change their marketing messaging to remind you that vitamin C helps as an immunity booster. What other, what other, what other members of the produce family have been what pivotal for people in this pandemic? I, for one, uh, give the gift of a big fat brown onion every time I can. I drop them on people's porches. I give them to friends because there's an old wives' tale that if you cut the onion in half and then you split it, that it will absorb out of the air all the bacteria that makes you sick. And I believe it because you know there's a reason the old wives tales stick around for generations because mm -hmm. there's a portion of truth in them are you sure that wasn't made up by the brown onion association getting your information this Thank is nonsense you. talk let this me get my tarot for the brown onion board wait a minute let me get my tarot cards out now hold on <laughs> Dude, i love your stories those are great stories. I mean, I lived in the South for a little while and it was all I could do to not have a pineapple in my house, right? That was so important to hospitality. That was, uh, there's so much history and story and emotion to fresh produce. And so it's not just these benefits. It's, it's the stories like you're telling too, Jennifer. But it's the garlic and the ginger <laughs> and the onions and... What are the and the lemon and the rosemary and the clove and then getting in the right. side the cloves and oh did you ever make a little clove an orange thing and put it in the closet you know what that's called that's called a pomander and in fact I because in in Arizona there are um, a varietal of orange that grow wild the streets are literally paved with them and these are ornamental oranges that have all the great orange oils the fruit and the juice might not be delicious but the orange themselves i took those studded them with cloves i left them on people's porches i gave them as gifts because in the black plague in the middle ages the plague doctor would carry a pomander of an orange studded with cloves so that between patients in addition to his mask with marseille remedy oil that mask that mask. This one, Jennifer? This one. I love I, that one. And yes. they would stop it with eucalyptus. And then, and then and then the plague doctor would, with his his hands, cleanse his hands with the orange oil and clove from the pomander. There's Jennifer, it sounds like you're most equipped to save us from this pandemic. God help us if that's true. <laughs> I Jennifer, Jennifer English, savior of America. Plague doctor. <laughs> Plague doctor. No, but, but in all seriousness, most people don't know this, but there's a product uh, called Marseille's Remedy, which is a blend of clove, mm -hmm. cinnamon, rosemary, eucalyptus, and lemon oils. I'm looking it up. Yes, it's called Marseille's Remedy, and it's produced by a company called Wild Creek Naturals out of British Columbia. And it's a variation on a on a blend that the plague doctor used. And the shape of the mask that the plague doctor used was such the shape that it was because they would um, they would wad that with cotton batting, mm -hmm. uh, impregnated with all of these naturally produced from you know the seeds and the produce. Uh, there are few things that are as antimicrobial, antibacterial. 
antiviral uh, as these. And it all stems back to the produce world. Yep. Food is our first medicine. And in mm -hmm. fact, produce can be our first medicine more than grains or any other category, I would argue. But that's it just still me. is. It still is. And there's a lot of companies that are telling that story. Um, it, it happens a lot in citrus. Obviously, I think consumers know to associate citrus with immunity boosting um, properties. But as you just mentioned, and you kind of ran through the litany of other products that do the same thing, that are known for the same thing. Are, you, are you seeing spikes in ginger? Are you seeing spikes in these items? So we're not really seeing spikes in any specific products, produce commodities. Um, really across the board right now, as I was mentioning, it's what's available in the store. So consumers did seek out citrus. We did see a spike in citrus in March when we were going to the store and really trying to figure out how we're going to navigate a pandemic. At this time, we're not seeing so much of that anymore. It's tapered off and consumers are getting their foods, not just from the supermarkets, but thankfully, there you go. There's your orange. That's um, my commander. Yeah. Thankfully from, from. Um, restaurants who are pivoting and doing takeout and to-go menus. And there's a lot more places that consumers are getting their fresh fruits and vegetables now than they were prior to the pandemic. Um, Mary, I can't thank you enough. I promised you we'd only talk for 15 minutes, but I know that every time we talk, it's going to just. Why was that, Mary? Why, why was it only? Wait a minute, Jennifer. Mary. <laughs> Why was it only 15 minutes? It's been a long week. I don't know if you guys have seen what we've been doing with USDA yes. and the fresh, the farmers to families boxes. Oh my God. Mary is limited on time. She's limiting <laughs> us, Jen. She was going to talk about the boxes and I've taken us on the garden path down through yeah. the vegetable garden. All right. Can we and have her on again? Can we have you on again, Mary? Before we let her go, I wanted to, I want to wrap it up by saying, can you tell us about the boxes, please? Yeah. I'll just tell you real quickly. We're very um, pleased with USDA. We're thankful that they put this program together so quickly. So there's a number of companies across the nation that are putting together fresh produce boxes to ensure that their communities and those who are underserved and have le um, less access to fresh fruits and vegetables now do have access through um, food banks and other uh, 501c3s within their communities. So Keep an eye out for that. Um, it's really a great program that the government has put together in short order. And I'm sure there'll be future programs and other opportunities for produce to continue to deliver to their communities. Mary Coppola from United Fresh Produce Association. I can't thank you enough. Have a wonderful weekend. Stay safe. Be well. And thank you for helping keep us healthy. And uh, we're really happy. Good. Healthy, happy, and terrific. <laughs> Thank you, you, thank you my friend. friend. Thank you. Thank Have you. a great evening. Thank you, my friend. Bye-bye. Well, listen, we didn't get into the, it, but but because because the citrus is an issue, but you can't have happy hour without the produce department. That's why I never want to have happy hour. Don't you understand that? I tell you every day. I stop with Lemon, the happy hour. Limes, grapefruits, cherries, pineapples, tell, the berries. Come on. I'm going to put the kids on making these this weekend. You know I what? Like, I feel like it's healthier. I feel it, like I need to be healthy. It is. I'll make them and I'll send them to you. But no, no, no. I've got I've got little hands here. Little hands. They can hold those little cloves a lot easier. Well, we right? had a, we had a very fun show. We had a great week. We have an extraordinary week next week. We are loaded with extraordinary guests. Load. I mean, chock full of nuts. Chock full of nuts.
We're the we're the nuts though. We're the nuts though. Well, listen, somebody was asking me what was in my glass, and before anybody thinks anything, I call this the Mrs. English. It's club soda with a Luxardo cherry. In fact, it's not just a Luxardo, it's not a Luxardo cherry. And I gotta be I gotta be honest. Be honest. It's it's a filthy cherry. Oh, I love it when that's And you filthy. know who's gonna come on with us next week? Yes, we always do. And you know what? By the way, I just want to say before you say that, you didn't say conviviality today. Yes, I did. At the beginning. I said convivial, not conviviality. Okay. All right. Now you're going to so change. Cultivate conviviality in our industry. And tell us, okay, well, why don't we do a surprise for next week, right? Why don't we leave it as a surprise? Okay. But I will say that my good friend Daniel Singer from Filthy Foods reminds me that the dream is alive for food entrepreneurs all over the country. That traditionally... If you had some distribution into the food service world and it's been shut down by this pandemic, there are going to be ways to get your product to your customers in this new after the pandemic um, dimension that will exist. And, and I hope that all of you that are food entrepreneurs are thinking about how you can reconnect with customers in a new way. It's right. going to be a really delicious new world. And everybody in our industry has got to think about how they want to rebuild in a way. You know, like the old movie uh, and TV show, The Six Million Dollar Man. We can make him better. We can make him faster. Well, we can. We can make our industry better. We can make our industry more delicious. We can make it faster. We can make it better for everybody. We can make it more sustainable, healthy, and delicious. We can make it more efficient and sustainable. But we have to figure out how we're going to do it. we got to do it together. Well, but we also have to remember, by the way, you like the background? I just changed my background. I do. Okay. It's you. It's you behind me and next to me. Honey, it's us. It's us. Um, Can I tell you, though, gonna... I look like my grandmother these days. I'm, I'm just, I'm, sometimes well, I look up at the, at the screen and I'm like, oh, Nana. I look see, like she, wants, she just wants to say hi. Yeah, um, say hi. The main thing is during all this change, it's going to be scary. But sometimes you have to be scared for you know to move forward. That's all. You know, I had it explained to me this way that you you have to lose the old in order to make mm -hmm. room for the new. And losing the old is scary and hurts and it's uncomfortable. Correct. And places make clothes that you loved. But just remember that literally you have to spill something out of your cup to make room for more. Well, you yeah. have to lose, or let's let's do that, Jennifer. Let's just keep making up. Let's just see. You have to lose sight of the land behind you before you find the land in front of you. Your you gotta, turn. You, you got to let go of the trapeze to reach out and catch the other one. You can't quit. You can't win if you don't quit. <laughs> we can go on. All you, can't, you can't win if you don't play. We can't win if you don't play. Correct. You know. Listen, I want it, you to do one thing for me. Everybody out there, please know how grateful we are that you're doing the work you're doing. Know how much we miss seeing you at your place. Glad you're here at ours. And do me one favor. Hug your kids and count your blessings. We'll see you next week.